0: Good evening, Mr.
1: Ham. Good evening, Mr. Claywell. Good to see you. It's great to see you again, sir. How, How are, are you me? this
0: evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Excellent. And and we've got in the studio with us tonight. We've got a guest. Special guest. Special guest. Yeah, man. from podcast uh from Open Casket Tales and Folklore. Absolutely. Got Kevin with us? Yep, Kevin Hansford. Welcome. Welcome, welcome.
2: Thank you. Awesome.
0: How you doing? How you been?
2: I've been good. Great. Awesome.
1: So, uh <laughs> What's been going on in your world?
0: Anything new? Not much. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, uh, short guy, long hair. Yeah? Yeah, he decided to go deer hunting last night oh, with his no. car.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, 12-gauge Buick, I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's a 24-volt Prius.
1: Uh, dude, he has no luck with those. How many of those has he
0: wrecked? The, no, that's the first time he's wrecked his Prius. He's, I, I thought he's he had totaled, one like before. No, and, he he's totaled about seven cars now. Yeah. But I remember one time wrecking at the top
1: of Hall's Gap and losing a chunk of his like rear end.
0: That was a Forerunner.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He got sideswiped. <laughs> he got sideswiped by another car and sent him rolling about uh, eight times. Good grief! Down the road up there. Yeah. Good grief! But he's okay. That's good. No, no injuries. Nothing. The deer is it okay? Uh, it Tasting. ran away.
1: Uh, well well of course yeah I mean it was a Prius after all. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he said what happened was there was a car in the in the fast lane passing him and the deer was in the fast lane it
1: jumped <laughs> wait, to wait, avoid Wait wait wait. I thought you were going to say that the deer was in the fast lane passing him.
0: Well it him is a in Prius. Prius. <laughs> no, the the deer was standing on on the on the parkway in the fast lane and a car pulled out to pass him and the deer jumped to avoid the higher speed vehicle right and when it came back down it landed on his hood oh, God. so he didn't really hit the deer so much as it landed on him <laughs> um
1: i think i actually saw a photo of this on facebook and it did some damage
0: yeah it messed his car pretty good yeah so oh, but he's okay Lord. he's doing good everything's fine he's uh he's already looking for a new car just in case
1: a well, good deal so, good deal so was this the vehicle you guys were going to take across country yep oh, oh no and that's yep. coming up like in a couple of weeks right
0: that's not too long off yeah holy so. cow
1: wow well, well we wish you luck dude thank we you. wish thank you, you luck <laughs> thank you awesome so uh, <clears throat> yeah um today right we got a new member of the family
0: uh you were telling me
1: yeah it's yeah a cute
0: little cute little thing yeah, too. cute
1: little guy uh, miniature schnauzer he's like Nine weeks old. Um, we've named him Fritz. He's 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 gonna be awesome already. I can tell. He's already got a lot of personality.
0: <laughs> How very racially stereotypical. do oh, you? Don't, don't
1: do, don't do that. <laughs> but I just thought that it fit it. It fit his I mean, just the look at him, I was like, Oh, he's a Fritz for sure.
0: <laughs> does he like clack his heels together and stand in at attention? He for does.
1: You? He does in a little bow tie. Has a bow tie. Oh, on. Yeah. Nice. I'm a
0: tie. <laughs>
1: But nice. yeah, yeah, he's he's he came home with us this evening. It's it's going to be interesting over the next few days, I'm sure.
0: What, what did Harley think when he met Fritz? Well, um,
1: of course, curiosity. Um, Fritz was like growling, like, and I was like, "Whoa, dude, calm down. You're going to have to get like you know used to this guy." But uh,
2: yeah, yeah, he's all right. He he was all right with it.
0: Oh, right, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. A- anything new going on with you, Kevin?
2: Nothing new for me. Nothing at all.
0: Nothing. Huh? <sighs>
1: well. Well, I mean, you've got this new
2: podcast going on I've
1: got
0: the yeah, podcast Yeah, how long, how long have you been doing that now?
2: Oh, I don't know, probably a month Awesome I don't know
0: How
1: many episodes? I mean, you've got like four, three or four, something like that
2: I think I have three right now
1: Awesome, awesome And a new one just popped up just Today. a couple days ago, right? Today? Today Awesome, excellent yeah. And so the, the the meat and potatoes of your podcast is more of like like ghost stories and folklore and legends and all that kind of stuff Right So, this one that you did today, what can we look forward to in it?
2: It's got some monsters. Yeah? It's got some abandoned buildings. Nice. And an abandoned town. Awesome. And lots of ghosts.
1: Now, do you keep most of your stories like local Kentucky stuff?
2: I try to, but I want to venture out more. Okay. Okay. Good deal.
1: Sounds awesome. Yeah. Excellent.
2: Yeah. Good deal.
0: And it's a great thing that you're here tonight because... We were wanting to talk about some Halloweeny kind of stuff hey with some ghost good. stories yeah. yeah with the holiday so, coming up so we hope you can lay one on us here in a little bit
2: I got one
1: awesome awesome yeah we uh we figured that with Halloween coming up here in the next couple of days uh, we got in that spooky kind of a mood and yeah and yeah yeah so tonight so, that's I'm, what we're gonna talk yeah. about we're gonna do some we're gonna tell some spook stories and uh and, and, and some
0: legends and some folklore and yeah. maybe even some we'll,
1: personal experiences. Yeah. So,
0: hopefully we can entertain you
1: guys. Absolutely. So, who wants to kick this thing off?
0: I I'll go ahead first. I I've, I've been kind of excited about this. It's it's not really my thing, uh honestly. I'm 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 a pretty hardcore skeptic, yeah, when it comes to most of this stuff. So, but there is one that's uh, that's kind of fascinated me for a few years now because it gets a lot of attention. It's it's sort of local. Okay. And uh I thought I would like to talk about Waverly Hills oh, Sanatorium, the notorious
1: that's, Waverly Hills up in
0: Jefferson County around Louisville and uh what kind of good ghost story is there without some history
1: absolutely and history is plentiful when it comes to Waverly
0: right exactly and I, I was doing some research on it and I found out quite a bit of stuff actually so the first thing I kind of struck my fancy about the whole thing is uh it's Waverly Hills Sanatorium correct What's a sanatorium? <laughs> right. Right? And there's a sanatorium and a sanitarium.
1: What's the difference, right?
0: Right. Yeah? I was kind of curious. So I, I had to look that up first just to satisfy that, <laughs> that part of my mind. And if anybody else out there is curious, a sanitarium and a sanatorium are basically interchangeable terms. Um, they come from the basic same Latin roots. Uh, a sanatorium is a facility for long-term care of chronic illness.
1: Is that okay with that sanitarium?
0: That's sanatorium. Torium. okay. Right. Uh, sanitarium means basically the exact same thing. The The biggest difference is in America, sanitarium came to be have the connotation of being a care for mentally ill people.
1: That's kind of what I was thinking. But we were thinking more sanatorium being more um, illness-based, like, like, Viral illnesses or whatever, right? And then the sanitarium being more a mental illness, right? So. And that's
0: that's, but that's kind of an American thing. That's not really the the meanings of the words, but that's kind of a, a local, that's what we that's, that's our yeah. cultural definition of them. Okay, uh, but anyway, so Waverly Hills originally the land was purchased by. Thomas H. Hayes, sorry, major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883 for his family home. He knew that this was going to be pretty far away from any existing, uh, infrastructure. So on his land, he wanted to build a school. Okay. So he built the school, uh, on pages lane and he hired a woman, Lizzie Lee Harris to be the teacher at his school for his children. <clears throat> Miss Harris had a fondness of, for a series of novels called the Waverly novels by Walter Scott, so she called her school Waverly School. So this is where
1: Waverly comes from in the term. Oh,
0: nice, Mister.
2: I was wondered that.
0: Yeah, Mister. Hayes liked the sound of that. He thought it was a very peaceful sounding name, and he wanted his land to be a place of peace. So he called the property Waverly Hills. I like it. I like so, it. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Now originally it was spelled. L-E-Y. Okay. And at some point throughout the years, that spelling has been changed. They just dropped the E. To years. drop the E. Yeah. So it's just L-Y. Nobody really knows exactly when or why that happened, but it just kind of one of those things that changed over time for some reason. Okay. Um, so that's where all that started out from. Now, as far as what we think of today as Waverly Hills Sanatorium...
1: Yeah, the the big complex,
0: the the big the the building itself um, was a, in the early nineteen hundreds, um, because of the local geography and everything of Jefferson County, right? It was just like a perfect breeding ground for the tuberculosis. The moist, right. the river there and the wetlands around it, okay, was just like okay. the perfect area for that kind of thing to. To just flourish. To flourish, yeah. yeah. So there was a pretty big outbreak in the area of tuberculosis. In uh, early 1911, Louisville... That's right, Louisville.
1: That's the way... It's not Louisville or Louisville. 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 Louisville.
0: (laughs) Began to make preparations to build a new city hospital. The hospital commissioners decided... That in the plans they would have no provision made for admission of pulmonary tuberculosis patients. Well, I mean,
1: you got to figure in the early 1900s, tuberculosis is one of those diseases they still hadn't gotten a really good handle on. Right. So if they were ha- would have put something like that in the provisions, they were basically opening the door for epidemic outbreak.
0: Yeah, you're, so, you're infecting already sick people with something else. Absolutely, and probably, probably going to kill them. Right. So the county uh, went ahead and created a $25,000 grant to erect a hospital for specifically the care of advanced cases of TB.
1: Okay. The consumption hospital.
0: In August 31st, 1912, all TB patients from the city hospital were relocated to temporary quarters in tents on the grounds of Waverly Hills, pending the completion of the hospital.
1: Okay, so they bring building. these terminally ill patients and put them up in tents. Put them in tents. Wow, on the property. <laughs> That's Sweet. crazy. Before they've
0: even before they've even completed the structure of the building. Okay, yeah. In uh, December of 1912, uh, the hospital was open and took in the care of another 40 advanced cases patients. Two years later, in 1914, a children's pavilion added another 50 beds, bringing the total known capacity to around 130 patients. Okay. The children's pavilion now is a bit of a unique situation. Uh, it was not just for sick children. It was also to house the children of patients. Who in, were terminally ill themselves. Who, who were ill themselves. Right. So, I the, mean, just
1: just the sheer magnitude, I can't even imagine. Get my head wrapped around. Right. Mom and dad are so ill that I have to go here with them while they get treatment and stay in this facility where other people are sick with this disease that right. I can possibly catch. I can't wrap my head around that even. It's crazy.
0: So, the the goal of this place was that they were going to add a new building every year to continuously grow. So, that they would have more beds available than what they currently specifically required. So, they were trying to keep growing so that they could make sure that they could meet yeah. the, the future demands of the illness that at the time they saw no end for. Right. Um, due to the constant need for the repairs on the original wooden structures, uh, they. Decided that, you know, this is getting too expensive to upkeep these older buildings. We need a more durable space. And frankly, we need more beds. So they were uh, turning away people because of lack of capacity. So in 1924, so this is 12 years later. Right. They started construction on a five-story building that could house more than 400 patients. Holy cow the new building opened two years, roughly two years later, about two and a half years later in 1926. Um, but in 1943, when they discovered streptomycin and that started, streptomycin, by the way, is the, the cure. Right. For tuberculosis. So when that was actually discovered, it started bringing the number of patients down gradually more and more and more. until so they didn't need such a large facility. And, all of the remaining patients were transferred to Hazelwood Sanatorium in Louisville and Waverly Hills was shut down in 1961 as a TB care facility. Right. Okay. So. Now. Now that we have. That's a little bit of the backstory. Now that we've got some groundwork laid. (laughs) So, so, you know, for 40 or I'm sorry, 50 some odd years, this place was undergoing constant construction, increase in size, increase in capacity, the care for more patients, And just the and where it started off from was these people living in tents outside that were already fatally ill. Right. So I mean, you're looking at the level of care that they expect to give here, right, from the start. Absolutely. It's it's very obvious a place that people are going to go to die.
1: Um, Oh my goodness! Yeah.
0: Now to add a little bit to the story, this is something I didn't know. Um, In 1962, the facility was reopened as Woodhaven Geriatric Center, which was a nursing home that primarily treated patients with uh, advanced stages of dementia and mobility limitations and some severely mentally handicapped people. Wow. That was closed 20 years later in 1982 due to extreme, alleged extreme patient neglect.
1: Okay. So you have initially you have all of this tuberculosis and and the death that surrounds that disease and then from that you go to a care facility that is neglecting people dude the history of this of this place is not stacking up to be that pleasant right
0: right stacking up to make a great thing to talk about for our stories so.
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: now in 1983 jay clifford todd bought the building for just over 3 million dollars okay he and an architect were wanting to convert it into a minimum security prison for the state. Um, But the people that own the surrounding land started a big fuss and protests and petitions. And then that just kind of fell through after a while they proposed to convert it into apartments, but they were counting on the Jefferson fiscal court to buy a substantial amount of the land from them for about $500,000 to get on the money to start, and then that never happened, so that kind of all fell through. Uh, Then there's just some weird stuff that went on here. So in 1996, I want to know if either one of you guys know about this because this is what, like, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how old you are, Kevin, but this is like our (laughs) junior year of high school. Absolutely. (laughs) A gentleman named Robert (laughs) Alberhaske bought Waverly Hills and the surrounding land and wanted to build a larger Christ the Redeemer statue on the property. Now, do you, oh, did you did you hear anything? I don't remember No, I don't anything remember anything I've never like heard that. Anything. No. no. Okay.
1: How bizarre.
0: So, he bought the land which was inspired by the Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. <clears throat> he hired a Sculptor and architect, or a sculptor Ed Hamilton and architect Jasper Ward, to help design and develop the statue. It was proposed to be 150 feet tall, 150 feet wide, and stand on the roof of the sanatorium. Phase two of their building project was to erect in the old sanatorium and turn that into a chapel, theater, and gift shop at the cost of about $8 million. Okay. And it was going to cost about $4 million to build the statue. All of his plans to build this were based on gathering donations from religious organizations and groups across the country to make it happen. Uh, everything fell through when, after a full year of hardcore hat out asking for money, they they raised a grand total of anybody want to take a guess fifty bucks
2: one hundred dollars
0: they raised three thousand dollars oh my gosh of their required twelve million wow wow so that people are through. staying
1: away from that place that's just what I'm hearing
0: yeah so that <laughs> fell through now when when this all fell through uh, the land kind of went back in limbo again in two thousand one it was purchased by Tina and Charlie Mattingly. They are the current, as far as I can tell anyway, I'm not like a deed title expert or anything like that, but from what my brief internet searches could find, they are still the current owners. They are the ones that have turned it kind of into the current sensation that it is. Uh, And they are also trying to maybe not necessarily fully restore the property, but cease the decay of the property. They're trying to like replace all the windows and weather seal everything and Keep it from right. falling into further disrepair. Right, yeah. But they're the ones that that do the because I didn't know this either. Did you know that you can stay there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I said I didn't know that. Yeah. They the the current owners right. um, the Mattinglys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They they. Actually, they'll do. They do like ghost tours. Um, well, and I knew they, they did they do, the
0: tours, but I didn't know you could stay there for yeah. like a week.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can. Like, I mean, it, from what I can tell, too, it stays booked pretty well solid. Yeah, like years in advance, possibly even. Um, but yeah, it, it's fairly expensive because I mean, yeah, it's one of those places that you're almost guaranteed to have some sort of an experience, even if it's I don't know, getting the chills in the night because it's cold. <laughs> right. <Yeah.
0: laughs> so, now, you know everybody. We we're all kind of familiar, right? What what's going to cause a ghost oh. is a sudden unexpected death or some sort of traumatic event, trauma, yes. unfinished business, right? That kind okay. of thing. That's that's what people say right. makes the spirit cling to the mortal coil, right? Okay. Yes. So this kind of shocked me a little bit. Do, do you know the primary before they discovered streptomycin? some of the primary treatments for TB? No, no. honestly, I don't. Um, okay. right. Yeah. So the predominant treatments all basically involve collapsing your lung intentionally. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> well, it, it stems from a story that came out of antiquity that a soldier who was punctured in the side by a sword who had suffered from tuberculosis and had his lung collapsed in the process of recovering from his sword wound also recovered. recovered from the tuberculosis. Huh. And there is a, there was a little bit of at the time, you know, we're talking early 1900. So this isn't exactly the golden age of science just yet. Um, there was some theories that showed that the lesions that the TB causes in your lung when you're breathing those those expand and tear. Okay. So the thinking was that if they collapse the lung, the, that you would stop ripping those holes further and further open. Giving them time giving to them heal. time to heal. Uh-huh. Wow. So that was one of the treatments. Some of the other treatments would involve putting a deflated balloon into your lung and inflating it.
1: Effectively stretching yeah, the lung.
0: Which I don't quite understand that given the other theory right but it was just another treatment that was tried and tried here at this facility some of the other things were I'm not sure what these are but it was some kind of bead that they would fill your lung with like a
1: I don't it it, it they're listed killi- exactly, they're killing people <clears throat> with treatments
0: yeah and brutally <sighs> torturous treatments oh my lord! I mean can you imagine somebody intentionally collapsing your lung no and no. not being able to breathe <clears throat> Uh, not some,
1: even, not even close. Right.
0: Some of the other things involved electroshock. I don't know how that's supposed to treat TB, but electricity was the wonder all, wonder yeah. cure all for yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they would place heavy sandbags on people's chests.
1: Again, probably stopping the lung to try to stop lung from, from expanding. From yeah. expanding,
0: yeah. Uh, but all of these treatments were horrifically painful, and as we all know basically not effective. Right. Right. Yeah. And a lot of these patients died and some of them from the treatments themselves. Now the numbers, okay, are a little bit all over the place because there was so many different, you know, you go back so far that records aren't really that detailed. And then the change of ownership and the change of the operation of the facility, but all told from what I could find verified, uh the number of people who died in this building is in excess of 6000. Wow. Over the course of uh 80 some years. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Say that one more time. The number
1: of people that died in the building
0: yeah, on the grounds in the uh, okay. in the building or on the
1: grounds. You said 6000? 6, 6000? 6, Okay, that's a very conservative number. From well, what I had heard, was that's
0: much much higher. That's verifiable.
1: Verifiable. That's okay. verifiable. So these are the ones that they we've got a documented right. right. And that's okay. what I'm saying
0: that that's the low number, but that's the number that they can document. Yeah,
1: the because, high number I'd heard was more like sixty three thousand.
0: Right. Yeah. The, the numbers that's are all crazy. over the place. Yeah. But but like I said, that's just the ones that they can go back and find the paperwork for. And and some of them they you know from the early nineteen 19- 12, 19. I mean, they didn't. Right. Those they records didn't, just didn't survive. Right. You're, so the, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And then some people, like originally, were in tents on the grounds. They weren't even in the building. So did, did they even bother keeping records on those people? Very the true. The children who weren't admitted because they were there simply for their parents are records kept on the. I mean, I exactly. don't know the numbers, right? But verified <laughs> six, at least. At le- the minimum number is six thousand. That's cr- that's insane, right? And that's there for by one itself. building.
1: Yeah, that's by itself. That's right. c- that's crazy.
0: Right. Yeah. That's for one building for the <laughs> for the time span of roughly seventy seventy some odd years. Right. Holy cow! Right. So you know you got brutal, <laughs> brutal, painful, torturous deaths. Because even even okay even if the treatments weren't painful, even if you declined all treatments, right the disease itself is horrifyingly painful. Right. You're, I mean, yeah, your lungs
1: are literally ripping themselves to pieces. And, and you're drowning. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, Waverly, I mean, it's notorious for being, like, the most haunted spot pretty much on the planet.
0: Well, in Kentucky, uh, anyway. For,
1: well, I mean, but, it, it's, it's one of those that has a reputation no matter where you go people know Waverly because it is right. agreed. Yeah. I mean, it is. And uh, the, the amount of suffering and, and things that took place there, I can see why.
0: Right. So let's get, let's get into the ghost part of the ghost stories. Awesome. Right? So here's great. some of the, here's some of the specifics. Uh, if you're brave enough to go spend some time at Waverly Hills, you may encounter. I'll start with the two most, specific famous ones. Okay. So now that Waverly Hills is a tourist attraction and is reportedly the home to several ghosts. I'm just going to talk about a couple of them. uh, There's, there's consistent stories that have come out as people have gone through and visited. Uh, One of the tales is about a little boy who has come to be called Timmy he <laughs> I've heard of the, heard the of legend that. is that he's about six or seven years old and he died at Waverly Hills, but has not moved on. Right. And the, the thing with Timmy is he loves to play with balls mm-hmm. and people bring him various sizes and shapes of balls, baseballs, bouncy balls, Jack balls, specifically inflated
1: balls. I've, 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 from yeah. what I've seen and what I've heard, he specifically really likes the little bouncy balls, the light ones.
0: Right. Yes. Well, you know, huh. spectral energy is hard to manipulate physical matter. So the lighter, the better, the easier for him to play with. Exactly. It's, it right. makes yeah. sense, naturally. right? You know. <laughs> uh, but people bring the balls and they lay them on the ground and you can see them sometimes seem to move on their own. Uh, with no discernible outside interference with them. Now, of course, scrittics, scrittics, critics, uh, yeah, scritics, critics and things. skeptics. Those two things combined would be a scritic. Uh-huh. New word. <laughs> New words <laughs> coined. <laughs> uh, such as myself, I, I will say I do consider myself a skeptic when it comes to most of this stuff. It even in, unless you're there yourself, and sometimes right. even if you are there yourself, you have to wonder like is it a an uneven floor is there a draft is (laughs) you're right something else going on there because i mean do you really believe that a ghost boy is playing with a ball you know
1: i've had my own strange experiences with things so and i'll talk about one Uh in a little bit so
0: (laughs) so that's that's one of the more popular ones Another one is specifically centered around a geolocation, room 502 in the building. Uh, Allegedly, there was a, a, a female nurse who worked at the facility caring for the patients. The legend is became pregnant from one of the doctors in the building. Right. And then he didn't want anything to do with her. And you know, in the early 1900s, this was a big, big deal, right? You don't, right. you don't, you don't have a child out of wedlock. That's that's just something you just don't do. That's, that's very, a big no-no. Yeah, right. Big, very taboo. <laughs> so she got distressed and distraught, and not only did she get pregnant, she also contracted tuberculosis from caring for the <sighs> patients,
1: <laughs> which could possibly pass on to the unborn
0: child. Which no, uh, just It's a spiral. In all of the, you know, the child, the unwed, the disease, what am I going to do? She just couldn't take it anymore, and she jumped out of of the window in room 502. Okay. And to this day... So that's a five-story plunge. Yeah, 50 feet. Yeah. To this day, though, supposedly, you can see... Nurse Mary Lee Jumping standing in her. the standing around in room 502 distressed over what she's going to do now some people claim she didn't jump that she hanged herself
1: I've heard that I've heard I've heard three different versions of that story I've so, heard jumped from the window hanged in the room and that was the room where I also heard that was the room where she decided that she was going to end it and um, jumped down the elevator shaft. Of the building.
0: I mean, it's not really documented well what exactly happened to her. Right. Or was she threatening the doctor to go public and he decided that he wasn't going to have it anymore? This is possible as well. Nobody really knows. But allegedly you can still see her in room 502. There is also what has come to be termed the death tunnel.
1: I love this one. (laughs) This is so morbid and so disturbing.
0: Right. So, do you, Kevin, do you know the original purpose for this structure?
2: I'm thinking it was for deliveries. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Food yeah. deliveries. And It was originally yeah.
0: for the wintertime food deliveries because it's on a hill. It was hard to lug all the supplies up the hill in the snow. Right. So, they made this tunnel. Yeah. So, they the,
1: put a pulley system inside it with right. a little cart. You just put things on it, bring them it up, put them back down. Uh, yeah.
2: Right.
0: Now... So, allegedly, this is now a paranormal hotspot. You can see unexplained shadows. You can hear footsteps with no source. You can hear disembodied voices. And it's also known to provide those so inclined with the technology and whatnot with EVP recordings. I forget what that stands for.
1: Electronic voice phenomena.
0: Well, there you go. The the Mattingleys plan to turn it into a four-star hotel, which caters to history buffs and those intrigued with the supernatural. Some people who are into the supernatural worry that this is going to affect the supernatural energies of the building and drive out those forces. But... Given the amount of people that already come through there, it doesn't seem very likely that that's going to happen.
1: Right. Dude,
0: it's one of those places that it's, it's a moneymaker right now. <clears throat> oh, yes. Well, especially since the Atlantic Paranormal Society with their TV show, Ghost Hunters. Taps. Taps. Ola... Uh, uh, Grant. Jason and Grant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They and have their, been and their there. Crew. Yeah. And they've been there.
1: I want to say they did two years in a row. The live performance that they do, like on the Halloween. Halloween. Yep. Yeah. it Starts at like eight o'clock at night, get, runs through daybreak about it, you know, yep. four o'clock, five, and, five o'clock in the morning.
0: And allegedly, I, I did find some of the stuff that they had recorded. They found uh, some EVPs from the fifth floor. Yeah. Um, they maybe caught something on the thermal imaging camera in a hallway. That was about three feet tall, right? Which could be Timmy sized.
1: I, I think I watched that episode. I, th- I watched when that too. was going. Yeah, it's it's creepy. The things that they see in that place—you Um you have anything from shadow people. Mm-hmm. Um, they got
0: some shadows in a doorway. Yeah, they
1: got. You have uh, odd sounds. You have. V- Spectral voices and EVPs that that show up. You have odd movement of items. There are so many things. You even get odd smells. Yeah, odd smells in there. It's just, that's one of the, if if you really are skeptical about the paranormal, go to that place and spend a little bit of time. And I'm not going to say it's going to convince you, but there's a good chance you're going to experience something. And it may not convince you that there is a ghost out there, but if nothing else, you'll get to say,
0: that was odd. Well, now, I, I will say that watching the Ghost Hunter show, I, I did notice that they, there were very few places that they did come back and say, this place is haunted. Very few. This is one of the places that they did say was haunted. Yeah, there's a handful so. of them.
1: Not very many. There's there's a handful. Um, One of the most notorious, and this is completely odd, a sidetrack from this, but um, Taps, I love to watch their show and love to see the places that they go. The The old Birdcage Theater in Tombstone was another one that they had no doubts that they were going to say, this is haunted because of the things that they caught. But um, Waverly really, really is one of those that um, the amount of evidence piles up. I mean, it, once you get to a, a certain
0: point, you got to say, OK, there's something right on. Yeah, I'm not saying there's not something. I'm just at heart a skeptic. <laughs> but this place does fascinate me because of the preponderance of witness testimonies, and it's everywhere. Right, right. There's there's way too many people to be saying something's going on here for there to be nothing right. going on here.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. True enough. Right. <laughs> so, I'm all for. If anybody that we know has been there and has personal experience, if you want to share that with us, I would love to hear it. Even though I'm a skeptic, I am keen on this stuff. I do kind of like to read and and study on this stuff. So
1: I actually have a buddy on Facebook, um, actually, a girl that I grew up just down the road from that went, I want to say this past summer, it was either this past summer or this past spring, and spent the night at Waverly with Josh Gates. He was there with them, Um and, Yeah, destination. Destination. Whatever? Truth, Truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he was up there, and um, she posted pictures all over her her Facebook page of you know all of the things, and and they had some experiences th- through the night. Some some interesting things happened. So, um, nice. hopefully, she'll she'll listen and and post some things.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about. I'm, I say I I am a skeptic, but. That doesn't mean that I have no interest.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, anything like this, in my opinion, is interesting. If nothing else, just to go out and go, yeah, have some fun with it and go, okay, there, there, let's see if there's something there.
0: Right. And when I say I'm a skeptic, it doesn't mean that I'm going to automatically assume somebody's lying to me or you're full of it. It just means that I have a harder time just taking things at somebody else's word. I want to experience it myself. Right. Awesome. So that's all i was saying.
1: Yeah. All right. So, Kevin... What have you got for us tonight, man?
2: Well, this one's called The Ghost Bride of Cumberland Falls.
1: Oh, okay. Cumberland Falls. That's just like right down the road. Right down
2: the road. It's in uh, Corbin.
1: Yeah. Right. In between Corbin, like right on the Whitley County, mccree County line. Like it's like the dividing line.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. I've got some pictures of the moonbow from there. You do indeed.
2: Yeah. You didn't see a ghost while you was there, did you?
0: I didn't even see the moonbow, but I got a picture of it. <laughs> Uh, maybe I got a picture of a ghost and I just didn't see it, but but Man. no, I didn't see a ghost while I was there. There were about uh, eight million people down there when I was there, so it right. was hard. It was hard to say anything for sure, other than people were stepping on me and bumping my camera and really <laughs> making me mad.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I'd say it's pretty popular. Yeah. So, the story starts in the 1950s.
0: So this is kind of recent.
2: Yeah. Um, there was a couple that just got married. uh they went to stay in one of the cabins um
1: so these cabins probably the ones that are up at DuPont Lodge are the kind of I would say so clothes. yeah okay say.
2: yeah uh they were still in their um wedding clothes. They decided okay. to go out and get pictures still in their wedding clothes okay the uh the girl. Was dancing around, jumping around, just being excited that she got married to love of her life. She's going to get to spend the rest of her life with the guy she loves. Right. Well, she slipped and fell. She hit uh-huh. her head on the rocks.
1: And over the in, falls when yep, she went. Fell
2: into the water and then died. Oh, tragic. Yeah. And... Nowadays, they say that you can see her on top of the cliff. Um, there's also a road that goes through the cliff. And they say that late at night, drivers coming through, sometimes see her run at the vehicle. Hmm. And then they stop. Well, yeah, and she I'd... disappears.
0: Some woman come running at my car in the on the in side the of the a cliff of night, in the yeah. middle of the night. I'd stop too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So okay, so I'm 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 from over in that area. Like I'm from McCree County. I, I I don't hold that. Never mind. So anyway, I'm from McCree <laughs> County, and I've been a like I used to to do a lot of camping and and fishing and all that kind of stuff and hiking over over by the falls. And I'm trying to think of where the road is that goes through. I'm wondering if it's part part of like the cuts that go up through there because there are some pretty deep cuts in that. Um, that cliff line over there. Yeah. Um, and there are some places over there that I'm just going to say that if you were to lose your footing, you're done. Right. 100%. It's, it's over with for you. Right. So I can see where, you know, a, a tragic accident like that could definitely happen easily. And I mean, I can't even remember... Like myself, as a kid, back before they had all the ropes up where you couldn't play above the falls, dude, I used to, Mike, you still can, you're not supposed to, but you still get out there. You can, you can, but they really don't want you to be in the water above the falls. And when I was a kid, we're talking like five, six years old, we used to play in the water above the falls. Dude, it's an 80 foot drop. Um, One slip and we would have gone over. It's 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 dangerous, or it was and still is. But man, that's that's wild. That is wild.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so has, d- any, has anybody else ever like wrecked or anything because this woman comes running at them?
2: I haven't heard of anything else like anybody wrecking or anything. Just basically <laughs> her so just she showing
1: just up disappears.
2: And, yeah, and they also say when the moonbow is present, mm-hmm. you can see a ghostly figure in a wedding gown rising up out of the water. <laughs> Now, Which I is I why sure I asked you. I sure didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome, awesome. Uh, you know, I, like I say, I, there's some of those spots that are around here that that I really, I really like, um, and you don't think about them being haunted, like the the tourist attractions around here, Cumberland Falls, Cumberland Falls. Yeah. So
0: now I'm just, I, I know you you looked this up for us, and and you're telling us this story. But has there been any like. What is the question I'm trying to ask here? How do they know this is the bride? Like if if she fell off the cliff, how is she? Like, what's her, what, what what's links her identifier? To the
1: road. What's her? What's her markers?
0: Right. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just trying to figure out how she gets up on the road.
2: Well, she's a ghost. She just flies. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. I'll walk okay, right so into now, that one.
1: So, okay, so. Um, I'm going to expand on it a little bit because okay. there's a few things that I've heard also, not necessarily about the Falls itself, but about DuPont Lodge, okay. um, which is the hotel above, above the Falls, which mm-hmm. is where these cabins are, are um, located. So my, my mom and dad both worked there. Uh, mom worked in, I want to say, the gift shop. Dad was working in the kitchen. Um, he worked as, as like, um, and this is like the early 70s that they were working, that they were working there. And um, the whole place has a weird vibe, has a weird feel to it. It's like, it's almost like, it's one of those, like going in in, and to the hotel where the shining was or something. It almost
2: has like a tension to it. It
1: does. There's a tension there and everything seems to close in. Everything, like all the corridors seemed narrow. Um, Your, your, your field of view and your focus is in these areas that is just odd from what dad says he always told stories of people that had fallen at the overlook section cuz you guys have been you guys have been there and seen the overlook yeah it's i don't think i have no. if you've not seen the overlook it's a good um from the overlook down to the river i would say you're probably looking at a drop of 1500 feet maybe Wow, It is massive. Um, Now, of course, it's not like looking straight down at the river. You're looking kind of at an angle. But, I mean, it's a steep, steep cliff that's right there at the overlook. And he's told stories of people that have fallen off of that and that they are supposed to still haunt the hotel and um, just all kinds of of creepy things that revolve around DuPont Lodge Hotel. And, I mean, like Hmm. I say, I've been there quite a few times. The place gives you the creeps. It really does.
2: Now I've got a story on that. Okay. Me, my mom, my dad, and my stepson went one Sunday to eat at the the lodge. At the lodge, yeah. I took my stepson to the bathroom cuz he's four. Uh-huh. My dad came in after we walked in. Right. We were in the bathroom and he felt a hand touch his shoulder. See, and I he mean, turned around and there's things. no one there. Yeah. We were the only three in the bathroom. In
1: the um we had Whenever I was in high school, I was in ROTC a couple of years, and we had the um, uh, what do they call the military ball? It was like the formal dance that they have for ROTC there, um, and they hosted it at Dupont Lodge because they have this big banquet hall and all that kind of stuff there. And dude, like there was, there was a few of us that just kind of left and 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 left the party and just kind of wandered around the, the grounds. Right, dude, I'm telling you, it is creepy. It's that creepy. place will will give you the heebie-jeebies.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so what you're saying is, state troopers don't have balls, but uh, ROTC.
1: ROTC has balls, but okay. state troopers do not. Right. No, I got you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't think of of that area as being necessarily the, like, especially the falls, the falls itself. But the now, place like, is so beautiful.
2: It is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And then you have tragedy like that.
1: Absolutely. It's crazy. Um. My one of my best friends in the world, David Wilson, lives out in Montana. Right. <laughs> Um, there was he someone, lives
0: like on a big chunk of ice, oh, right?
1: By the way, I, that son of a gun right now is in Hawaii. Yeah, I know, have you seen that? Oh, God love him. He he posted a picture earlier that looks like um, a scene from Lost, and he's like, "There's got to be a hatch around here somewhere." I was like, "That's pretty good, <laughs> nice." So, um, anyway, as I was saying, David, um, he used to work for the whitewater rafting crew that that, that takes you down river. Oh yeah, the, there was yeah. a. There was a guy that went over the falls, um, that and it was days before he was found. Unfortunately for Dave, they were the guys that found him, the, the the raft guides. He was up on like washed up on a rock, and guess who they left behind?
2: Who?
1: Good old Dave <laughs> left him behind oh, with man. this Poor dead Dave. body. Poor Davis oh, for like half the day because the 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 raft trip downriver is a half day trip and there's no like contact with anyone until you get back to the boat so um, yeah so they're they're like all right Dave we're gonna tie your kayak up here to our boat we're heading on down you got to stay here we'll send back someone to get you with this guy
0: and that'd be creepy yeah no thanks yeah I'm going I'm going with you guys.
1: Yeah, Dave said that was one of the worst days of his life, just I sitting there with, a, so. with a, the, the, a dead body. Crazy. Didn't like
2: recently, like a year or so ago, somebody went over the falls and actually survived? I think they got arrested. But...
1: We've got, I mean, I've seen video of people go over the falls in kayaks. That's like crazy. it's considered a class five rapid.
2: Yeah. People can mm-hmm. run
1: it. And there's a standing wave right at the top of it that they surf. And then they'll flip around and go over the falls, 80 Goodness. foot drop and, and live to tell about it.
0: People have gone off it in barrels. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's
2: insane. I think it is illegal to go over it though. It it probably is. I think they arrested the guy afterwards.
1: I I don't doubt it. They should have. He was crazy. Yeah. They should have put him locked him up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> menace to society.
0: Thrill seekers.
1: Yeah. God love them. So, my turn, right? Let's hit.
0: What 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 have you drug up from Arkansas? <laughs>
1: Okay, so um, Arkansas is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place, right? You have the Ozarks, beautiful mountains. Um, And years ago, I used to work for the big box store that has a headquarters in a little town out there in northwest Arkansas called Bentonville. Um, Whenever I went into management for them, they sent me to Bentonville uh, for two weeks for training. I had the first week in, uh, was working in the, no, not in the lab. First week I was working in like operations. Then the second week it was in the lab. When you get to class that what they do is. Well, they're back, doing
0: their own genetic modifications now. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Photo lab, photo lab. I was learning, oh, how, I was learning how okay, to, okay. to, to, print and, to, you know, photographs. Uh, I, gotcha, I gotcha, Okay. Okay. So, um, when you get there on your desk, they had a pile of film and cameras like little like disposables and things like that little digital camera they had all of these things and they're like use these over the next week to two weeks and then when you get to the lab section of it, this is the film you're going to develop And we're like awesome. They gave us like 110 film, 35 millimeter film. We had a 126. Have you ever seen a 126? No but we've seen
0: the other two you just said
1: We've had we had disc, the old disc film. We had, I mean, we had all kinds of, Now, mind you, this was uh, 2004, so we're talking about the the birth of digital happening right at that point.
0: I was just getting ready to ask, what's film?
1: Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you sometime. I've got some of it at the house. It's like hung up on the wall in a picture frame. It's like historical stuff, you know? Oh. Okay,
0: so <laughs> So anyway. I thought it was just the stuff that gets on my windows when I don't clean them.
2: <laughs> it's a dinosaur, I believe. It's, what, it's
1: when Harley licks my windows. I get a film on it. Right, yeah. Okay. It's a film, yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, give us this pile of film. They said, go out and use it. Um, the only day that they gave us off during the two weeks was Sunday. And even on Sunday morning, we had to go in that morning for a meeting, and then we were off the rest of the day. So after the meeting on Sunday, we as a, a group, there was like seven of us, six or seven of us, and we had one of the big vans, you know, like a church bus top van. They Basically, we were like, where do we go? What are we going to do? We've already seen the town. The whole place is run by this company, and it, it's we've seen this now. So let's go out and have some fun. So we looked on the map. And found this little place called Eureka Springs. And Eureka Springs is kind of like the Gatlinburg of the Ozarks. It is oh, cool. an awesome, beautiful, beautiful little town. Um, it's just kind of nestled in to this valley. Um, they have natural hot springs there. And it is just picturesque. It's got the little shops that are you know unique to the area. And it was an odd thing that you talked about um, the statue in Brazil.
0: The, Christ the Redeemer.
1: Because there is a replica of Christ the Redeemer that overlooks Eureka Springs.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: On the exact opposite hill from Christ the Redeemer um, statue is a hotel called the Crescent Hotel. Now... I had no idea anything about this place. Like I'd never like I'd never heard of the Crescent Hotel. I had never heard of Eureka Springs before we went there. And um, then like so we, we we drove around the town, we went to the little shops, we we just kind of spent the day there and we kept seeing it on top of the hill up above us. And we were like, we gotta find that place. We gotta figure out how to get up there. So eventually, we snake our way around up through the mountains, and we find the road that leads up to the Crescent Hotel. And when we get up there, we find this um, five-story hotel that looks like something—honest to God, it looks like the, 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 um, the, the castle out of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's what this hotel looked like. From our vantage point.
0: Good evening. Uh,
1: yeah. Hello. Um, so, like, it was, it was like spooky looking, to say the least, and that's what we keep seeing, like from, wow. um, from this place. I mean, it, it's it's gothic. It's got these really, really like like tall spires and um, just just really, 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 really spooky. So, when we get up there we pull into the parking lot and we're like, okay, let's go take a look at this place. We, you know, we're going to go in and walk around in the lobby if nothing else. Maybe if they've got something, you know, like a dining room area, we may grab some, some food there. And so we all pile out of the van and head toward the the front door and I make it inside. Like we're talking like you walked through the front door and into where the, the little desk is for you to check in before I was physically ill, like almost ready to throw up, dizzy, and like I felt like I needed to sit down. So I was like I was like, guys, I can't I can't do this. There's something here that's not right. And I went back outside. I left the the, left the place. Went back outside, turned on the van, turned the air conditioning on. And sat out there while the rest of the crew walked around the, 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 this property. Um, Did you get hit with an oath? Dude, I don't know what it was. I thought honestly what I thought was we had eaten, and I thought that I'd got food poisoned. I thought that whatever I'd gotten a hold of made me sick because I was ready to puke. I was done. I was like, no more." Maybe,
0: maybe it was just like ultra low frequency uh,
1: may have been, I don't know, but there was something that was not right. So anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there in the van after about 10 minutes, I feel fine. And I'm like, this is, that's odd. That was, that was an odd feeling. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the outside of this place and, um, the whole time you get that the, you know that feeling that you get when you someone's watching you like just you know someone is watching you you're, you're but you but you just you got to kind of look over your shoulder all the time right kept that feeling the whole time I'm there now,
0: so now did you go back inside the building no
1: i did not go back in okay so you're just did sitting not, out in I'm the parking lot i'm sitting out in okay. the parking lot because i i have i've been in the building one time and it made me physically sick so went out there and it came back right Sit there in the parking lot. Finally, everybody comes out um, on like, as soon as you leave the hotel, the, the, the road does like a, a 180 degree, like a hairpin curve and below it, there's a Catholic church. Like it uh, looks like a little monastery and there's all of these like uh, statues outside it. So we stopped there and we took pictures because again, we're, we're just burning and right. you got to
0: burn through like yeah like five cameras. Yeah. Pictures.
1: Right. So that's what I was doing. And, Taking some pictures up there of the hotel and all this kind of stuff, right? So we leave, and I really don't think anything of it. I, mean, I thought well, this is that was an odd, odd thing. I didn't really like the way I felt there, it made me feel sick. And we leave, um, go back to Bentonville, Arkansas, the, spend the next week developing film, and come home on Friday night. Everything was peachy keen. So, Crescent Hotel. Um, a few years later, is featured on the same show that you were talking about earlier, Ghost Hunters. Taps goes there. Nice. So during their investigation, um, they actually catch a. That's one of the few places where they they have like video footage that they catch. So this place, a little bit of history about it. This thing was built um, in 1886. It's originally known as the Cres- or the 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa. It was designed specifically to tap into all of the tourist attraction and tourist uh, tourist trade from the springs, the hot springs. Because during the late 1800s, early 1900s, everyone thought this spring water this from Eureka Springs was like super, super healthy. They would ha- open up all these like spas and like, almost like Roman like bathhouses almost, where you go in there, you basically get in the water, it's supposed to be good for you, it cleanses you and all this kind of stuff, had healing properties, and they thought if we can can somehow uh, you know tap into not necessarily having the spring itself up on the hill, but overlooking this really pretty little town and we'll be able to house the people coming.
0: Right. Everybody that comes in here, we can, they can stay here. They
1: can stay here, go down to the hot springs and go down to the springs yeah. for their treatment. And that's exactly what they thought. If we can do that, no problem. So during construction of this thing, it takes two years for it to be, for it to, to, to get built. Um, one thing that was interesting was the whole structure on the the base of the whole structure is made of limestone, and we're talking like it is a um, the limestone itself has got a highly uh, it's it's highly conductive, so that was an odd thing to start with. The fireplace inside it is made from giant chunks of this limestone that was quarried out, brought up to the top of the mountain, and built. So. Um, this, the, the, um, the whole place has, was designed almost to, to use the term that, that, that Egon built or, you know, Egon used was built to like focus and channel supernatural energy. It's kind of what it
0: does. So what you're saying is they don't build them like that anymore. They
1: don't build them like they, they never built them like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, w- during the construction, the two years that it was being constructed, um, Irish masons were the ones brought in to do this work. One of them falls to his death during the, uh, during the construction um, from the fifth floor, lands on a, a terrace on the second floor, and dies right there. Um, that room is two, uh, room 218. There's always paranormal activity that's associated with that room. The third floor has a, well, we'll get to the third floor in a second. So um, you have that that's going on. And then you have um, the, the, the hotel itself was not always used as a hotel. After a little while of, of being a hotel, I, I want to say it was like 1923, 1924, it closes down. They reopen it as like a um, dormitory for girls, for one of the girls, girls' college during the semester, like while college is going on. During the summer, they open it back up as a hotel. They just kind of flip-flops back and forth. Okay, So it's kind so of like a seasonal keep, holiday. So they can
0: keep occupancy. Right, here. all okay. year
1: round. Because, you know, Arkansas, it, it, it gets fairly cold there. So when it finally does close completely down um, in 1934... Um, at, at that point, it, it stops becoming a hotel, and a few years later, in 1937, a new owner, owner named uh, Norman Baker turned the place into a hospital. I thought and, you were going to say Bates. No.
0: That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is hotel. perfect. This is perfect. <laughs>
1: now, Norman Baker, um, he turned the place into a hospital and health resort. Now, this guy was like the the quintessential snake oil salesman. He had convinced, or he convinced people that he had the cure for cancer, and would bring people to this hotel where they would receive the treatment. Which part of it was the the hot springs and this elixir that he had had fixed up? Eventually, he is arrested and um, tried for mail fraud because people were dying so quick in his care that that like the federal government comes in and basically says, you got to stop this. So the, the one thing that they were able to get him on is mail fraud because he was advertising that he had a cure for something that he didn't.
0: Uh, Okay. I was going to say, how did they get him for mail fraud on that? Yeah. He, yeah,
1: he was selling this elixir and sending it out, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you. Okay. So, um, during that time though, the hotel itself is being used as this hospital on the third floor There's, um, you're supposed to be able to hear a kind of like the gurney being rolled down the hallway. Once it gets to the end of the hallway, you, you, you stop hearing it. Um, people have seen a nurse and smelled like that sterile kind of a smell that you get from a hospital. Um, and it always happens after 11 o'clock because they, in this, this guy's idea was to keep all of the bodies kind of pushed back until after 11, when the other patients would go to sleep, then they would roll people out that had died. There were so many of them that he had a morgue built there at the Crescent or had converted a room to a morgue. Um, to this day, it still has his walk-in freezer, his, um, his, um, the morgue table, you know, the, the one where they wash the body and clean the body and his desk and chair are still down there. Um, <clears throat> so all that is still on the premises.
0: And, and he opened up a, a lucrative mortician's business.
1: He did. He, he really did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 2007 is whenever the, uh, the ghost hunters were there. And now, when, when were you there? I was there 2004. So this okay. is years so before. Recently. Yeah. Um, all right. So, ghost hunters go in and they 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 do their show and like I said, this is probably within the f- I want to say this is the first season of Ghost Hunters, I'm almost positive. And while they were there, they had the FLIR camera, which is their thermal imaging camera, and mm-hmm. they catch a full body apparition on this thing of a gentleman wearing a like a, one of the old Irish style mason's caps you can see the number two on it um and he nods to them and he's standing literally within like two feet of the camera when they pass by it he is right there so this happens down in the basement um the thought is this is the mason that fell from the fifth floor down to the second floor and that was him he, she, the clothing even, you can make out the the suit that he's wearing and it looks like something like a, a worker would wear, you know. Um, there's also the apparition of a red-haired Irish lady that walks um, through like the recreation room and dining room area and seats herself above the dining room. People see a red-haired lady sitting above them and there is no red-haired lady that's supposed to be there
0: when you say above the dining room, you, you mean like there have, 4 feet off the floor just no, no, no. sitting like there on are a place, chandelier or something there are <laughs> places
1: above that where you can look down into the dining room area um almost like causeway like little um like again like i said i made it as far as the front desk so i okay, can't so I'm, I'm, so in
0: like these little like uh, kind of like alcoves like
1: balconies and like she's, box seats in yeah, a theater or something and that's where she is seen okay yes um okay So all of that takes place, right? And while I was doing a little bit more research on on um, the Crescent, just to get some of the dates and some of the background, I came upon um, an article that I thought was absolutely well. It it stopped me like I was. It was one of those oh crap moments. Um, So the Crescent Hotel and all of its paranormal uh, activity has become almost kind of like a hotspot now for paranormal investigators. And they do the ghost tours and all that kind of stuff there now. So the current, um, owner had a guy come in and do a reading on the, the prop, the property, right? Like this, the psychics out of California, two of them separately come in do these readings. So, um, here is, here's what was said. So Jack Moyer, the hotel general manager, um, he recounted, I clearly remember Carol Heath stating that he had discovered a portal to the other side for those who are on the same frequency. Moyer, a skeptic at the time, laughed and continued, I remembered asking myself, What are we thinking trying to explore this unexplained world? But after more and more, th- uh, more than a decade of working around the paranormal, I now assuredly recognize how many people truly connect to the spirits here at the, cres- uh, at the Crescent. Moyer's. Um, he goes on to say that after 18 years, he's been confronted with this realm of, of coincidence to the point that um, he is no longer a skeptic. Says, Keith came to me and shared a concern about a phenomenon that had been reoccurring on his nightly tours. This is one of the tour guides. Moyer explained, this phenomenon included multiple guests who had grown faint with a a few passing out briefly at the same tour stop with no reasonable explanation. Then um, he describes the location, and it was the area that had been identified as the portal more than a decade ago by this guy named Heath. So Scales then took, to, took him to the place and pinpointed the portal phenomenon as happening just outside the hotel's annex entrance, exactly where Heath identif- identified the location of his portal years ago. This is the exact spot, guys, where I walked into the front door and got physically sick. Wow. So uh, the phenomenon that has guests suddenly turning pale, falling against uh, the wall, then sliding down, almost in a faint, sick to their stomach. Um, although the loss of consciousness does not last very long and complete recovery is almost immediate, it tends to further substantiate the hotel's legendary supernatural connection to the paranormal, right? Here's something, too, I didn't know. Um, he goes on to say that what made the, um, move, the moment the most chilling was when Keith and I realized that this portal is directly above the morgue located at the bottom level of the hotel. Wow. Guys,
0: I was there. I seen it. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so did anybody go? Other people went in. Other people went in. Right, okay. No one now, else was affected that's, by this. That's fine. Did anybody get any pictures from inside that building?
1: I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. We okay. we were we were. Um, did
0: you get any pictures? You didn't go inside. No, I so did, you I, didn't no get...
1: I, I've I have pictures from outside, but I don't have anything from inside. Um, when we got in, when I made it inside the front door, um, it's it was it. It's almost like something out of the eighteen hundreds. Um, it's like there's a big fireplace. Um. It's got like there's furniture sitting around. The desk itself looks like something out of um I don't know, like something out of the Wild West almost. Like where you'd go in and check your mail and stuff. It's it's just it's it's hmm. that kind of a place. And like I said, I made it as far as that place right there. The the I made it to the front desk, could see where the, the like the fireplace and all that, and then was back out the front door. I was done. I was sick.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting. So yeah. That's that's my like I guess graze in the, in the paranormal.
0: So so you recommend if anybody is sensitive that they don't go to the Christmas Springs don't Hotel and don't the go to this there. entrance.
1: Don't stay the night we'll, there. Well, just I don't mean, go to this entrance. Right? Yeah, I, I guess. Like I say, I didn't go to anywhere else in there. I, I went to the front door, just inside, and then back out to the car or to the van because I I couldn't handle it. I mean, I was I was I was physically ill.
0: What what about you came? Oh, sorry.
1: I'm sorry. The the odd thing too, so this article that was um, this was written October twenty six, uh, 22nd 2015. So this is 9 years? No. Yeah. 12 12 years after I was there. Right? 2004. Yeah. 11 years, yeah. 11, Eleven years. years after I was there. I looked this up over the last couple of days and saw that and was like, and I I even told, like, I stopped and I I told Ashley, I was like, oh my God. I was like, do you remember what I was dealing with whenever I told you about Crescent Hotel? She's like, yeah, you got like sick at the front door. And I was like, read this, read this. And like, she was like, oh my God, really? I was like, I told you.
0: That's pretty crazy.
1: It's weird.
0: I gotta say, I've never, I, that I can think of, I've never had any personal experiences like that at all. Yeah. But what about you, Kevin? You ever had any, have you ever had encountered any, anything like that in your personal life?
2: Nothing that good, but I have, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell us about it. Um, if, I've had if you a... Want, if you want to. I'll tell you one. <laughs> okay. I had a ghost hunting group and we went out to Nancy, to the battlefield. Um, the blacksmith shop is supposed to be the most haunted, so we went out there.
1: Now, we, this this is Mill Springs, right? Mill Springs, Mill Springs Battlefield. yes, yeah. okay. out in
2: Nancy, Kentucky. Um, we went to the blacksmith shop where it's supposed to be. They have a plaque telling you you're at the blacksmith shop, and they have some history on it. Uh, my group decided, let's just sit here and ask some questions. So they asked, is anyone here? And I kid you not, on the recording, there's a voice. So you were looking for EVP? Yes. Okay. There's a voice that says, get out. We didn't find this till later. And only one recorder had that on it. We had several recorders with us.
1: See, that's the thing with something like EVP. Whenever you have two, three, or four recording devices going simultaneously... In different spots or, you know, even sitting side by side and you have one of the four or five pick something up.
0: So now you're saying you didn't hear anything. No. At the time with, no. with your own ears. Did not. Now, how clear was it on the recording?
2: It was very clear. Like,
0: like Chris. Now, was it a whisper? Get
2: out. No, it was more of a get out.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> ah, love it. I love it. And
2: another time, I got uh, the sound of a musket firing.
1: I've heard that's fairly common out there. Yeah, yeah, catching musket fire, cannon fire, things like that, uh, out of the battlefield on on recording devices. That's got to be hell for the neighbors. Well, again, you're. I mean, you you don't hear it while no, you're standing okay. there. That's, oh, so it's I just song. It's, Yeah, it's EVP. Oh, okay, it's, okay. Yeah, it's EVP. I mean, it's yeah, it just kind of pops up. Hmm. So. I've been watching a, a, a show as well. Um, I don't know what the name of it is. I, I'm, I'm terrible with the names of the of them, but um, the group is out of Tennessee, and they have started. I think it's like Haunted City or Ghost City or something like that. Um, and they have this really cool new little device that they're using. Um, I think you you were talking about the yeah, other. Yeah, it's Ghost Box. A Ghost Box. Yeah. So this thing um, it generates words and. I guess depending on what's going on around it or whatever it's 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 reading, it it gives you specific words. So they took this yeah. thing. Okay, well,
0: hold on. you're gonna have to stop. Okay. When you say it generates
1: words. It's it's it auto. Speaks auto, auto. Words? It speaks words. And it'll also they also pop up on a little screen. So you can see the word, you can hear the word, because it, it says them. So it's not like it's catching an EVP or anything like that. It's just generating like okay. Th- these words. So is it
0: nonstop, just spouting off no. random words? No. As a matter okay.
1: of fact, it doesn't do it until evidently there's some sort of a spirit or specter around it. Right. Um, okay. Okay. So they took this thing, um, and it, it's it just it's just random words that it'll generate, right? And they took it to um, the one the episode I was watching was they were at Gettysburg, and it started spouting off words like cannon, soldier, Lincoln. I mean, it was like specific things that go right along with Gettysburg. And they're like, we've never had it do anything this accurate. I mean, it's never done anything close to this. And um, like they were freaking out. And I thought it was just kind of interesting. Like it's one of those things I still, I've got chills right now just thinking about it, just watching the video footage of it doing that. I was like, that's odd. That was It's one of those things where I was sitting there by myself in the dark. And I was like... Looking over my shoulder going, uh, <laughs> gave me that uneasy feeling. <laughs> I get that. I get that.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a weird little tool.
1: It is. I had never seen anything like it before seeing that show, and, and and Kevin and I were talking about it at school one afternoon, and, and I was like, okay, they've got this little cool thing that spouts out words, and he's like, oh, yeah, a ghost box. So... <laughs> Yeah, and you said that they're they're not expensive, right?
2: No, about thirty dollars. See, I mean,
1: uh, we need to go ghost hunt now. I've got the itch.
2: Well, y'all want to go? I, I still have a ghost hunting group. Hey, let's go! Yay! <laughs> we'll turn the skeptics and, into believers. Hey, you said you've never seen anything uh, or experienced, so now's your chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll get something worked out. All right. no. I'm not against it. Sounds awesome!
1: Awesome! Yay!
0: Yeah. All right. It's been a long time since I've up. So started. we had three good stories, very good and stories, then, and then yeah. a couple of good personal experiences. Yeah, that's all right. Awesome, awesome. I've enjoyed this. I love this. It's been fun. It's, yeah, it's great, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> cool. So, if you want to like find us, we are out there. There's a couple of different ways that you're going to get to be that you're going to get to see us um, or hear us. One is Facebook.com forward slash Two Minds Podcast.
0: Or you can find us on Twitter at Two Minds Podcast.
1: You can find us on Gmail. Shoot us an email at uh, Two Minds Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Or you can look up all of our episodes, this one and our, all of our past episodes on our hosting site, Two com.
1: And it's bean with an N. I right. always get that wrong. Like the food. Yes. Like yeah. the food. <laughs> all right, Claywell, it's been an awesome, awesome night. It has. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, you're you're welcome to come back anytime.
2: I'd love to.
0: It looks like we got a bunch of empty glasses here. We do, man.
1: We got to fill these things back up.
0: We need to go talk. We need to go make some plans and uh, get this together here in a minute. all right.